Welcome to the Mind All My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind All My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady and Martin Paloma. Welcome into another edition of Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. I'm Neil McCrady, Martin Paloma with me today as well as always. It's been a little while since uh, the two of us have been together, but here we are today. It's December the 17th as we record this. This will be our final show before Christmas. We'll have one more show uh, in 2020. So uh, real quick, Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy holidays. Hope you have a uh, a wonderful, happy uh, holiday season, a safe one as well. If you're traveling, be careful. We'd love to be able to have you back with us when we get to 2021. God, it's going to feel good to say the words 2021, Martin. It really it is, is, man. It is going to feel I, I'm, I haven't ever wanted to rush a year, but, uh, and I'm not going to, I'm knocking on wood because we still got, what, two weeks left of this one. So, yeah, yeah. Two, two weeks for everything to go wrong, but. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's funny, and, and we'll get to the stuff in a minute. Um, we'll talk about Pinnacle Trust. I'll tell you about being in the car at Ford Studio. We'll do all that in a second. I, I, I'll tell you this about 2020, though. I learned more about myself in 2020 than I did in any other year of my life, good and bad. I did. This was – I could write a book about – and no one would read it but me. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't even read it. But I could write a book about my year that would be volumes. Been a lot, been a lot happened. Yep. I mean, a lot has happened, a lot of challenges. I learned a lot about different people. I found yep. out there's some people that I really like more than I thought I did. I found out there's some people that I thought I kind of liked and I don't. I found, I found real differences in people. I think I figured out where I lay on the political spectrum after years and years of not really being sure. I'm pretty sure where I am right now. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm not, I'm not, and people go, Oh yeah, you're Clay Travis. Nope, nope, nope. I'm, I'm not hardcore right wing. I'm really not. But boy, this, this, this virus was a card shower. I mean, it was a, it was a line in the sand wasn't it, it, it really was. If you, if you were a poker player, you, you, you were not allowed to wear sunglasses. You were not allowed to wear a cap. You were not allowed to do anything. You, your tails got told. And, um, you know, where people stand and for some people, for me, and I'm, I'll be honest, this is not a, a real Christian thing to say what I'm about to say, but for some people, I, there's no going back. I, I, there's, there's, there are people that were in my life that I, and I'm not, and I'm not going to be rude or mean, but I don't really have a lot of lot to say. I, I, I don't, I mean, I, I, I would tell them to their faces. And uh, then it would be that. It wouldn't be mean or spiteful. It would just be there's no reason for us to spend a lot of time together. That There's not a lot for us to talk about. And, and that sounds terrible on the surface, but that's one of the things I learned in this year is that invest in what matters to you. And, and what doesn't matter to you is not really worth your personal investment. It might be somebody else's personal investment, but it's not yours. And, and um it's really been interesting. It's it's as as the year winds down and um 
you know, the electoral college is done and we're moving into a, a new year and what appears to be a new presidential administration and a new time and the races in Georgia and all that stuff. A lot of things that are going to shape what we're doing. And it's it's fascinating how far how how much different the world feels on December 17th, 2020 than it did on December 17th, 2019. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, the funny thing is, is there was always that, especially in the financial market side, there was this little tagline for the 20s, for 2020 before, before we got there, that was like, oh, the 20s are going to be the roaring 20s. And oh, my God, were they? Cool. Uh, but I don't think any, I don't think in the way that anyone ever imagined. So we'll get into the show in a second. I want to tell you first, I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 that number. Call the number, ask for my friend Corey Clark. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. You just tell him what you're looking for. Frankly, even if you're not sure you're looking for a Ford, it's okay. Give Corey a call. Ask for a quote. Tell him what, what else you're thinking about. He's given me some uh, really good advice recently in, on a non-Ford vehicle. I was just asking about, hey, you know, Car- Caroline, my, my second child, is getting ready to graduate high school. She's going to college. And I was like, you know, she, we, we need to probably get her into a little better vehicle, into a little safer vehicle for interstates and being, you know, that kind of stuff. What what do you recommend? And I was actually might might end up getting a Ford. I don't know. But I was being honest with Corey. I'm like, hey, I'm looking at a couple other things. Tell me what you know. What do you think? And um, he he steered me in a couple of really good directions that do not benefit him. And he did it in large part, Martin, because Corey always talks about this. He says, I want to become your car guy. I want to be your truck guy. I know that probably every vehicle in your driveway might not be a Ford, but but I, I, I want to be I want to be a resource. People go, what does that mean? Call the number. You'll start to find out. 662-257-1900. And Martin, before we get rolling, tell the people about Pinnacle Trust and uh, how they can get in touch with you all. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of funny. Uh, not that we try to turn business away, um, you know, at Pinnacle, but sometimes that does happen, man. We'll sit down with someone and we'll look at their situation. And, and uh, we had a guy in the other day. He's a, he's a client um, already, but he had some uh, other money, other investments somewhere else. And, and it was a you know a, a reasonably significant amount of of money and um and he brought his stuff into us and we looked at it and we were like man you need to stay put um you know one of it is one of the reasons was there was going to be uh, a significant cost for him to to move that and then um and I told him I was like hey it's actually not in a bad you're not in a you're not in bad shape at all just let's just let it ride and uh you know and I think that that that's what builds relationships and builds trusts is not you know, is when when you tell people no, when you tell people it's 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 not the right thing to do. When you you know when you move your stuff all of it over, there may be situations why we don't. And you know, and that's what we want to be for 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 our clients too, man. It's I'm no different than Corey. You know, Corey wants to be my car guy and my truck guy. Well, I want to be people's financial guy. Um, you know, whether it's whether it has to do with investments or you know, hey, I had a pipe bursts in the house and I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. And then, you know, do you know anyone that I should call, you know, be able to help people get their, get their lives in place. And, and that's, and, you know, and that's a rarity where things like that happen. But man, I said that because that's happened. We have clients that something goes awry and they say, you know, 
I don't know who to, who do you trust to, to call? And we give people referrals and, and they're not always financial referrals. So, man, I can, I can respect that. And, you know, one of the things with our clients that we try to do is always, you know, just do the right thing. Um, you know, and even as it comes to their investments and, you know, and sometimes talking people out of doing wrong things is hard and, uh, and people get emotional with it. And just like this year, 2020, man, there's a lot of people that wanted to hit the exit button for their investments. And, um, you know, man, a lot of people hit the exit button before the, uh, the elections. And we'll talk about that a little bit in the, in the show too, but, um, man, that was costly to do that. But anyway, I guess I'll circle around and wrap up my, (laughs) my intro piece. Um, you know, if, if, if you're listening and you've been out there doing it on your own and you're tired of the stomach and the, the knots in your belly or second guessing yourself on whether you're doing the right thing with your financial life and your financial security, uh, give us a call 601-957-0323. Um, you can catch us through email info at pinntrust.com. Um, or you can find us on social media as well. Um, you can find us on Facebook, uh, either the Pinnacle Trust site or the Mind on My Money page and, you know, contact us through there as well. We'll respond back as quick as possible. Um, so if you, if you like using the telephone, 601-957-0323. If you'd rather email, it's info at PINNTrust.com or you can go on the website at uh, PINNTrust.com and hit the contact us button. It works, works the same as the email. Um, but I'll get off my soapbox, Neil, and we'll kind of get into the, to the meat of the show, man. So, Tell me, give me your kind of your feedback. I've, I have, um, I think I've done the smart thing. I'm 50. So I'm, I'm, I've still got, hopefully God willing, some time left. And, um, I, I've, I've not allowed myself to pay so much attention to the markets moving up and down or whatever that I get freaked out. I know that I've read that a lot of people have, and they bailed and they shouldn't have bailed. They ended up costing themselves a lot of money. And, and, yep. and there's a lot of stuff going on with the vaccine and what that might mean moving forward. So there's a lot of stuff for us to get to here on our next to last show of, of uh, this godforsaken year. But um, would, it, would, this, would this be called our penultimate? Is that is that uh, our is that correct? Our penultimate 2020 show? I don't think so. The one before the last one. Right? Is that what that means? I don't think that's what that means. All right. I failed. I don't. I don't think that's what that means. I've, I've, you got me thinking about it now, and I'm, I'm kind of, <laughs> but I don't. I don't. I don't think so. Um, so there, I was trying to. I was trying to do a smart literature thing, and it flopped on my face. I'll just stick to math. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I avoid math like the plague. So, um, <laughs> um, yeah. Campbell Campbell took her uh, accounting two exam yesterday, and. Uh, she made a B in accounting, and I was like, "Hey, good, good job, good for you." Because I, I wouldn't have made a B if you'd spotted me four letters. Um, what's what's uh, what's your just overall take on the on the the markets right now as we sit, yeah. sit here, just past the mid mark of December? What what are what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, man, I have a lot of them, and it's been a while since we've been on the show together. Um, some of that. You know, me, I've picked up a lot more responsibility at Pinnacle as well. And there's been, uh, you know, there's just been some weeks that it's been really tough to to get a show in. And, um, you know, and I know Stacy has stepped in and helped out a lot in that regard, too. And I'm, I'm super grateful for that. But, um, <clears throat> you know, one of the things that 
we have, and we've said it on the show a lot is, is, you know, get a plan and just stick to it. Don't try to be fancy. Don't try to outsmart the market because sometimes you're lucky and, 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 it, and it's like a head fake when you get lucky because, you know, some of my clients, we had those conversations. Let's go back to the beginning of the year when, when everything was kind of melting down and falling apart. And some folks were like, man, I think I just need to get out and I got to get the cash. And some, and, and some people did, most of our clients didn't, most of our clients stayed put. And, um, you know, and they, and some of, some folks got out when the markets were down five or down 10%. And the, the, the scenario there, and we've said it before, and our listeners that have heard it before, is it's not new news to them, but maybe for folks that are just listening for the first time or new listeners, you know, haven't heard this. Um, when you try to time markets, and it doesn't matter whether it's stocks or bonds, but when you try to time markets, you have to be right twice. Uh, you got to be right when you get out, and you got to be right when you get back in. And um, a lot of people can be lucky once, uh, but they don't, they're not lucky twice. And we've had, <clears throat> we did have some folks that, you know, that exited the markets, uh, you know, in February um, and then some in early March, and they missed some of the big downturn, uh, but they didn't get back in. And they were sitting in cash as the markets went up. And then uh, it's generally those same people, they did get back in, you know, as the markets, um, you know, caught back up and they may have been flat for the year um, or still slightly negative. And those same people, you know, when it came around election time, were the ones that were saying, you know, gosh, you know, this thing is going to go to hell in a handbasket if, if, um, you know, if Biden wins, and uh, and they and they went back to the sidelines on cash. And November was one of the best markets for the U.S. and non-U.S. stocks that we've had since 1987. One of the best months. I'm sorry. I said markets. It's still this true. The best month in the markets that we've had in the U.S. and outside of the U.S. And I don't, I'm not attributing that to a Biden election by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but, you know, the U.S. markets were up more than 10% in November. Um, Non-U.S. markets were up even more. Some, I think some of the non-U.S. probably had a little bit more to do with the elections than the U.S. stuff did. But I said all that to also say that sometimes markets move and the general public and even sometimes your financial professional doesn't know why they move. They just do. And it's, and it's not a, you know, it's not a, that one thing certainly will, you know, go all, all of a sudden markets are just going to catch on fire, but sometimes it is. We've seen it with, you know, as this, during the summer, as stimulus was, uh, our spring, as stimulus was pumped in, you know, markets moved up as, you know, it looked like there was going to be more stimulus, you know, markets were moving. And it's, you know, like we said in the show earlier, there were three things that were going to move markets this year. One of them being the coronavirus was the number one cause of, of market movement. Two, U.S.-China relations were really the number two cause of market, um, you know, market movement, which you could say, you know, you can, you can tie a, a string and say that Biden being elected, uh, you know, is, is going to be better, quote-unquote, relations with China just because Biden's not going to punch um, President Xi in China like, like Trump did. Um, and then number three, uh, you know, the, the U.S. elections being, 
you know, the, the, the third mover of the markets. Um, I don't know that it's so much a Biden victory that moved the markets as it was gridlock. Because, you know, with those with the Senate staying red, and I still think even the Georgia, um, even if even if after the, the runoffs in Georgia in January, I think the Senate still stays red. Um, you know, the Democrats did lose quite a bit of seats in the House. They have the majority by one uh, in the House. And, you know, and then you've got a blue White House. So, you know, I think we're gridlocked there. Those Trump tax cuts are going to stay in. The only things that are going to get through, um, you know, the chambers are really going to be truly bipartisan deals that are good for, you know, the, that are going to be good for the country as a whole. So, um, you know, I think that I think those are things that, that really pushed markets. And then, you know, of course, you had the vaccine news with Pfizer and Moderna, which we were already looking at Moderna. I think we had talked about it um, one or two times on the show previously. They had some uh, you know, really promising stuff for a vaccine. And, and we said once we just the announcement of vaccines, we're going to we're going to create a whole lot of relief in the markets, whether or not people actually get them. You know, that's a totally a totally different thing. So anyway, I kind of uh, I kind of threw up all over you on the question there. But, um, you know, if people were only invested in the U.S., um, you know, they really missed out too. all of our clients are globally invested. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the non-U.S. market has a really good way. And especially, man, it's going to just sound almost non-American to say this, but China, you know, they, the 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 rona has ended in china their economy is open and running and rocking and rolling they all must be like naturally inoculated to rona anyway um but you know if you so if you're not investing in china you're really missing out on the one of the largest areas of growth in the world and a, a lot of people if you look at their portfolios are very u.s centric um you know and, and we at least are globally centric and uh i, I won't go off on a deep end about bonds because it's it's really boring for most people, but that's really the area I'm looking at in our client portfolios where I'm going, okay, um, the, we're at the end of the runway there. Uh, there's not a whole lot of return left in bonds, especially for young people. Uh, and we're going to have to lean into stocks. And I think there's a lot of financial professionals are already are seeing that too. Um, so, you know, I think, uh, as the, as the fed continues to buy more bonds, that has an equivalency of raising the rates without actually raising the rates which makes bond prices go down. Uh, so, you know, I think folks that are trying to do it themselves, they got a really difficult path ahead unless you're just in a blended, you know, balanced portfolio and you just let it rock and roll and you have the emotional, uh, you know, uh, I guess not, I guess if you've got the discipline, the emotional discipline to just stay put, don't touch it, which most people don't. Anyway. That was a very long throwing up all over you about what's going on in the markets. But man, if you were out, man, gosh, it was a bad time to be out. And, you know, Neil, the crazy thing, too, is at the beginning of the year, we thought we were going to have good markets. And then Rona happened. But man, at the end of the year, you know, let me knock on wood. If nothing changes in a negative perspective, uh, we're going to end up with a pretty good year, man. Um in, in equity in stock markets yeah no i mean the the i mean not to make this political i mean I've, I've had this conversation with so many people and you and i've talked about it where people are like i can't believe you like trump whatever and i'm like well it's not really about liking the human being i don't 
I, I got different feelings about Trump the same way I got different feelings about a lot of people. Right. You know, I mean, I don't have to, Donald Trump doesn't come to my house for dinner. Um, I don't, he and I don't, we don't have to get along, <clears throat> but my 401k liked him. I mean, yep. my 401k liked him. And if that makes me a bad person, well then sign me up. I mean, I, it is what it is. I mean, you know, my 401k liked him. And so my 401k liked him again this year. And, and it, we had, we had some moments, but and I worry about what we've done from all these stimulus packages. I, I, I do worry about what it means for kids and grandkids and all that stuff down the road. But, but regardless, yeah, it was 2020 from a financial standpoint. And I know a lot of people can't say this because a lot of people lost their jobs and lost their careers. And but I'm, I'm talking strictly about the markets. 2020 was a pretty good year for, for, for me. I I I never panicked that. I never panicked enough to pull my money out. I just stuck with it and wrote it out. And and like just like you said, the, when the words vaccine started getting bantied about, the markets flexed. The markets yep. felt good. The markets thrived. And, and um, so did retirement accounts and that kind of thing. Now we're getting into a which is where I'm, I'm I'm going into sort of into 2021. I'm curious now that people are actually getting the needle put in their arm. People are starting to get the vaccine. It's very early phases. It's going to be several months, maybe half a year or longer before everyone is, everyone who is willing to take the vaccine gets the vaccine. Right. But as people start to get the vaccine, and I'm really trying hard not to like turn this into a different kind of a show because I don't want to there's there's well there's two things that happen with the vaccine one is I, th- I think people get it and go okay and then there's that other group of people that for whatever reason are just they they don't want to let the fear go but eventually the fear is going to disappear I I, I do believe that we're going to have another spring of the mask warriors at, at, at and the the mask fights and and the the stuff and the social distancing and the and the, the the health officials trying to scare the living hell out of everyone on 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 Twitter and and Facebook and whatnot, but I do think somewhere in the summer we get to a better place. I do think next fall looks different than this fall. It it, it has to, frankly. Otherwise, a lot of industry can't survive. Um, no, I totally agree with that. As that happens, that. as we get back to normal. And again, there's some other wild cards here that the, the, the Senate could still go Democrat. Uh, you, there could still be monumental reshaping of government. Um, there's who knows what's going to happen there. I don't it doesn't look like that's going to happen, but it could. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it could, man. But I gosh, I, I just see. So can we can we run down that rabbit hole for just two seconds? Well, yeah. I know it'll be long. Yeah, we, we can run down whichever rabbit hole you want to. Yeah, let's. Just, I mean, let's run down that rabbit hole. The two Georgia seats. I mean, dude, if you look at, and, and and I know that you look you look at this more than I do, and you're really smart in this in this arena, Neil. So and 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 you can correct me if I'm wrong too, but I believe if I remember correctly that that uh the special election seat in Georgia had two Republicans vying for that seat, correct? Yes. And then a Democrat also. And, um, you know, so the, 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 the leading Republican and the lead that they had over the Democrat looked a lot closer than if you had combined those Republican votes, what it would actually would have been. So I, I do think that 
I do think that 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 seat stays red, and uh, you know, and I think that the other one will too. But let's just pretend that one stays red and one goes blue. You're still in good shape. Yeah, but let's, let's pretend we have, that we have a mixed government in that situation, right? Blue. Right. So you want to pretend uh, that they both go blue, and so that yeah, okay. Let's just pretend they both go blue. So then you've got you know Kamala Harris with the tying vote, right? Which could sway it either way, but the the Senate seat that was won in Arizona, and here, correct me if I'm if I'm wrong on this again, but as I understand, the Senate seat that went blue in Arizona, she, from what I understand, is actually a reasonably moderate um, Democrat, and it's not guaranteed that she would vote down party lines. And I know there was one more. I believe it was West. Is it West Virginia? Yeah, West Virginia. West Virginia is now. Now, on the flip side of that, Mitt Romney is a Republican in in name only. Yes, that's true. But so you know, it's and I, that's why I was saying I, even if if those two go blue, you could still end up with a decent amount of gridlock, um, you know, in the Senate, but. I mean, and I'm not a gambling man, but if I was a gambling man and you're holding a gun to my head, I say that at least one of those those Georgia Senate seats uh, stays red. But I'm I'm going to bet that both of them stay red. Okay. Well, and I I, I I think I think at least one's going to go Republican. I do. I mean, I. I, I I mean, we could go down, the, and we'll do this again. Maybe at some point, we'll we'll talk about elections and stuff. I, <laughs> in January, <laughs> yeah, I, I I do think, I do think, no matter how much people there's there, there are a couple of losers in 2020, and, and and big losers. And one is the media. No one trusts the media, and now half of the country, and I think if we're being honest, more than half of the country doesn't trust our election system. Um, and, and I'm not, and don't get me wrong, Martin, I'm not going to be the guy that sits here and goes, oh, Trump had the election stolen. I don't know enough to be able to say that. But I do know we spent, as a country, four years digging really deep into Russian influence into an election, only to be told, well, there really wasn't much there. There really wasn't anything there. It all got dismissed, basically. And Eh, the Russians tried to, you know, do some stuff on Facebook or whatnot. And you're like, okay, so we spent four years on this. We went through an, an impeachment process that was a distraction at the beginning of a pandemic. Yep. And now there's, listen, there's a, there's thousands of sworn affidavits about fishy, fishy things that we'll call it that in the election and, and the media just, oh no, there's, there's nothing to this. And Twitter says this is disputed and. Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff. I mean, we just have a weird we have a weird country right now. It's a, it is what it is. I mean, the yeah. the, the media is the media has been unmasked, if you will. I mean, you know, it's the funny part about a year of mask. <laughs> the media got yes. unmasked, and so and so no right, one sorry. no one trusts the media. But what I can what I can say is that one of the good things, one of the great things about our system of government, is that you do have to run for reelection. And so let's just say in a in a in a world where the the Democrats got control of the Senate, if you go too far with your power, yep, in twenty twenty two that that too far gets checked, yep. And so 
they'll have to be careful. I don't think they're going to get that level of power. Now, I'm going to be honest. I don't believe Joe Biden's going to be president very long. I, I do think this is President Harris sooner rather than later. Yeah, I agree with that. He does not look healthy to me. He uh, His speech the other day was was abysmally poor. Uh, it made me wonder why. how in the world did this go the way it went. And I know the answer is the media protected him. That is the answer. Um, and that's it, it's done. It is what it is. I, I can't I can't sit here and tell you that that um, I, there was there was tremendous Trump fatigue in our country. Trump was yep. was uh, yep. a, Trump was abusive on Twitter. Uh, Trump Trump used the presidency as a bully pulpit in ways that uh, come back to haunt you. And uh, I think and they did. And they did. And and there's a part of me, quite frankly, that that is kind of has kind of enjoyed the. Exhale. Now, you know, we're the Democrats will be on the clock here soon. And so when they are, they'll, they'll you know, the, the, the thing switches out. I'm always fascinated by the, the, there's a this call for unity. I mean, there was no unity for the last four years. I mean, why, why do we want unity now? I mean, there was there was no unity then. There's no unity now. So any, but there's there's a lot of stuff. But getting back to the whole vaccine thing, which is to me the most interesting thing. As the vaccines get distributed. As people calm down, as we get a little less angry, as people like me who are bothered by the lack of common sense of the mask thing, I don't care about mask. I'll wear a mask, whatever. They just don't make a lot of sense to me. And when and and so when we get to that place where we're no longer having to wear those unless you want to wear it, we're no longer having to socially distance unless you want to socially distance. There's no longer these these guilt trips that people are getting back to normal. They go to a football game. They can go to a wedding. They can go to a party. They can eat at a restaurant. They can sit at a bar. When we get to that place, no matter who the president is or what the Senate looks like, doesn't that alone help stabilize the financial markets? Yeah, I mean, a return to normal or whatever that looks like will – will really be what stabilizes the economy when people are back to doing what they were doing before, you know, without fear um, or with, let me say not without fear, with maybe a diminished fear. Um, and, and I think that that's what the vaccine brings for, for the masses is, you know, is that there's a solution to this thing and, and not that, and not that it'll, you know, like you said, it's not going to happen overnight. I mean, the frontline workers are seem they're going to be the ones that are inoculated first. There's going to be a bunch of people who say, "Hey, I'm not willing to, you know, to take a vaccine," and 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 you know that's their prerogative as well. Um, you know, I don't know that I don't think that the vaccine is going to be a this quote unquote you know magic bullet that is just going to solve all of our problems. You know, and I, and I do look across the world and you th- and you think about. You know, where will, you know, where will the vaccine have the most impact? You know, obviously the United States uh, are, 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 are one of the largest contributors to the global economy because we, we do have a middle class that spins. Um, you know, there was an emerging middle class in India uh, that was really becoming a strong consumer in the global, in the global economy. And, uh, you know, India got hit really hard by this thing. So I think, you know, globally, if, you know, India comes back online, Western Europe kind of comes back online, um, and the U.S. gets, you know, back to its normal spending habits, that's good for, for global growth. And global growth is positive for, 
for next year, or at least it looks like it's going to be positive for next year, um, you know, based on, on, uh, on, on estimates and forecasts. But then, you know, man, I mean, you look at China too, and, and it is, it's a head scratcher, man, because, you know, the last time I looked at their global, you know, infection rates and deaths, it's the same as it was like in February and changed, <laughs> um, you know, and, and they're back to normal, man. They're, economy is they're open they are running and running around and their life is you know as it was pre-pandemic um and it's kind of a head scratcher they didn't have a second wave um they didn't have really a much of a first wave relative to the rest of the world based on their population size you know um and and i won't get into conspiracy theory stuff there but but you know what's going to be good for the consumer is just a, a some whatever a back to a normal life, normal spending habits, not the hoarding of toilet paper, the hoarding of, you know, groceries and those things. And then hoarding as much cash as you can because you're scared, you know, that you're you might need them because the banking system is going to fail or whatever fears people had, you know, coming into the pandemic. You know, when people are going back to Disney World, when they're going, you know, they're traveling to California, they're traveling to New York, they're going to the beach, they're going to football games, you know, when life returns to normal, which, and I think that's the hope of 2021 is that, you know, that there's some, that there is some normalcy, man, I hope by the time we kick, you know, the first kick after Labor Day for college football, that, uh, you know, that, that there's not a, re, a restriction of, you know, how many people can be in the stands. The only thing I don't know, man, and and here's and, and and this is going to sound a little conspiracy theorist. And I really don't mean it to because I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Is um, you know, if if businesses like airlines or you know, if colleges say, hey, in order for you to be present at this game, you have to show that you've been vaccinated. Um, you know, that's see. I that's think I think that's coming. Little, I think that's coming. I, I don't know if it's going to be at a game, but here's the thing. I think. I think you're going to have to show you're vaccinated to enroll in college. I think at some point you're going to have to show you're vaccinated to enroll in public school. I think at some point you're going to have to show you're vaccinated to get on a on a on a airplane to get on a on a Amtrak, um, to get on a, a cruise cruise liner, anything like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, they they're not going to police aren't going to pull you over and make you show your vaccination card. The people that go that far, those are the people that drive me crazy. I'm like, that's not going to happen. That's, yeah. that's not enforceable <laughs> any more than the police are going to roll around on Christmas day, looking to see who's got one too many people in the living room for the, for the Christmas <laughs> Turkey that no one's doing yeah. that. So stop. Um, but I, but I do think the other is interesting, you know, and the one thing I've heard is people say, well, you know, to get a ticket on Ticketmaster at StubHub, at those kind of things, it's certainly possible that you won't be able to get the ticket unless you can prove that you're vaccinated. How does that work? I don't know. Yeah, I don't um, either. You know, yeah, and, 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 and and I get it with school stuff, too, because, I mean, our kids already. I mean, I know, like, I, I, I did it and Gia and, and it's funny because I never even thought twice about it before, Neil. And um, where it's like, oh, you know, we got to go get our booster shots for kindergarten. And now the seventh graders have a you know, a booster shot or maybe a sixth grade, you know, a booster shot to go into middle school. Those are all vaccines, you know, for things like polio and measles and mumps and rubella and, and, uh, you know, and I get my flu shot every year. Uh, I don't, I don't think about, I don't think about those things. And, 
and I don't know, maybe I will get a. What is your thought on the vaccine? Uh, I mean, I'll get it. I'll get it. What I've said is I don't want, and I've had some people buckle at me when I do it. I don't want my kids to be first in line to get it. And good news is they won't be. Yeah, no, they can't be. But I I don't, (laughs) I I, I would not, I would not let my kid get it right now. Not because I think, oh, they're putting a a chip in your brain to track where you are and to control your thought and give me a break. I I don't think that stuff, I just, that's too conspiratorial for, for me. But you know, when people talk about, well, it could affect their fertility and it could affect, you know, whatever. I'm like, okay, well, let's just hang tight. Let's, let's let, let me have it. If it's going to mess me up then my kids will know that they don't need to take it yet. It's not ready. Yeah. You know, it, it was, it's two things. It's funny. It's, it's what really bothers me about our, our, our narrative, our, our communication, our dialogues, the word I'm looking for right now is on one hand, you have these people that, that when Trump came out in March and said, there's going to be a vaccine by the end of the year. Oh, they call no, him crazy. There's no way. Yeah. No way. Absolutely. I remember that, man. And so it's done. And, and instead of instead of being able to go, hey, you know what? I, I'm, I'm, I didn't vote for him. I'm glad he lost. I'm glad he's leaving office on January the 20th. But I'll give him this. He really cut a lot of red tape and a lot of yep. regulation and let that thing get on a fast track. A fast track that, if we're being honest, that a Democratic president would never have allowed. And and so, you know, it's that's what bothers me a little bit. Is that, and it's what tells when people go, well, I think we're going to have some unity now. I'm like, I don't, I I don't think we're going to have unity. I think we're seriously divided. I think I think we're more divided today than we've ever been in my lifetime because of the virus. The virus, as we said at the beginning of the show, has exposed people for what they are. I know there are people that used to like me that don't like me anymore because of things that I've said that, and there are people that there are people in my community who I used to really have a lot of respect for who I really don't anymore. I mean, I, I I don't, I don't, I think they've used the, the virus as a weapon. Um, they've, they've used fear as a weapon and I don't respect that. And, and, um, and that's okay. It's their prerogative. You know, I've, I've always been that way. That's what you want to do, do it. They're just their, their consequences. And, but that's why I, I don't, I'm jumping around. I'm kind of doing what you did a little while ago. I'm, 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 I'm bothered. I'm, I'm bothered by the people that can't just take an, a, an honest assessment of where the vaccine is. What it, you all right? Yeah, man. I think there are people here at Stacy's house that are uh, putting up erector sets and tearing them down. That's what it sounds like. Oh, outside it sounded like you were you were being uh, you were being assaulted there. I was wor- <laughs> I was worried about you. Um, Dude, I have no idea what is going on outside of this door, but it sounds like someone built an erector set and then just threw it down the stairs. But I, I would like for people to, you know, I mean, I, the people that go, I'll never take the vaccine. Well, that's insane. If, 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 if the vaccine allows you to get back to normal and the vaccine is proven to be safe and that's what you have to do, you're kind of crazy not to do it. But I respect the people that are like, hey, I'm going to wait a year. I want to see yeah. what happens with people. I'm, I'm cool with that, too. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's it's the, the, the people that really bother me are well, even once you get the vaccination for the next couple of years, we, we must socially distance. We must wear a mask. OK, well, they're not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I mean, I can tell you this, Martin, the moment that needle goes in my arm, I'm not wearing another one. Yeah, I mean, and. 
and I'm not opposed to the to the vaccine either. And I don't understand, you know, and I don't understand how vaccines work. And I'm not going to try to become a doctor overnight. Um, you know, and I hope, man, I actually hope that we can get Alan Jones back on here to maybe kind of dumb some things down for me, um, you know, and talk about because I've, d- I've done some reading and I think I understand. Um, but, you know, the other thing, too, is, uh, you know, if I get a flu shot every year and you know, lo and behold, and I better knock on wood because I got one this year too, but, you know, ultimately, you know, does my arm hurt a little bit, you know, after I get the shot? Yeah. Do I, do I know people that have had some adverse reactions to the flu shot? Yeah, I actually do. We have a friend who had, you know, like severe, um, reaction to a, to a flu shot she got a couple of years ago and man, it took her like a year to get back to normal. And I realize like those things do, happen. We just don't talk about them with flu shots, right? Because there's so few and far in between that, you know, it's like an outlier when those things happen. But that's what we're going to focus on on this round of vaccines is not the, let's call it the millions that go right. We're going to talk about the, you know, tens or hundreds that go. We've done that. We've done that with everything in this. That's what we've done with everything. We've made everything anecdotal. You know, the one young person that dies, it's, it's tragic, yes, but it, it, it's, it, it, didn't, it didn't do to young people what they predicted it would do to young people back at the beginning. Now, it's, it's, it's yeah. hell for older people. It's pure hell for older people. It's, yeah, man. It's, it's I mean, hell. One of my really good friends, his dad just died recently. The memorial is, is tomorrow. And, dude, I hate it. And I loved his dad, too, man. And, and I just wonder, like, you know, if the vaccine had been available, would he have taken it? I think the answer is probably yeah, and he would likely still be here. Yeah. Like, dude, I can't get behind the, um, you know, hey, we're not going to do this for the help of the millions for, you know, for the 10 or the 15 or the 100 or however many it is that might have, you know, Bell's palsy or some type of adverse reaction to it. And I realized that, I, dude, I might be the one that, that if I take the vaccine, that I might be the dude that happens to. Yeah, it's just, it's, there's it, greater yeah, good, man. Right, absolutely. So, anyway, I mean, we've got about 20 minutes left or, or, or less. Um, yeah, less. I got, <laughs> I've got a hard stop in about five. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so, we'll, we'll, we'll stop here then. Um, yeah, that's cool. We can do that. Yeah, I just, I, it's, it's, I, I think 20, I, I don't think 2021 is going to be this cathartic year that a lot of people think it's going to be. I think we're going to still have more of this stuff. I think we're still going to be talking about the same things. But from a financial standpoint, I think there's a real scenario out there where things are calmer, yep. where the, the there's a divided government, where Trump's not there to harass everyone. And at, on the yep. flip side, Harris slash Biden slash whatever doesn't have the kind of power to to make radical change and maybe things yep. calm a little, we get the vaccine, get back to some semblance of normalcy. And I, I think the markets because jobs and everything else will, will respond accordingly. That's what I'm hoping for. That's, that's, I think that's a realistic desire. I'm not sure how realistic the outcome is, but we'll see. Yeah, no, I think, I think 2021 is going to be the year of the recovery. Um, and we kind of said that at the very beginning too, Neil, like in, in March and April when we were taping shows you know, 2020 is going to be the year of the virus, and it and it was, and 2021 will be the year of the recovery, and economies will recover. Um, you know, this was an event-driven deal. This was not a, 
you know, uh, a fundamental recession or a fundamental downturn. It was, it was event driven and, you know, jobs will come back. I know there will be losses that'll be permanent from, you know, restaurants that we've loved and, you know, a lot of the small business that couldn't survive it. Um, and, and man, that's the really unfortunate part of this whole deal is, is some people had financial deaths that were truly unnecessary when we look back at it, you know, yeah, people, I don't know, man. And there may be statistics that say restaurants are super spreaders. I just don't think so. I think the super spreaders have been, you know, the gatherings, the, you know, people getting together in, you know, groups of 10 or 20 that none of them had masks on. And, and I'm not telling people whether it was right or wrong, but that's where, you know, like all, a lot of the people that I know that have gotten it have been, they've said, oh man, I picked it up because I was, you know, at a party. Um, and there was a bunch of people there and none of us were wearing masks and none of us were distanced. And we, that was our choice. And, and it happened, you know, I mean, hell, Christopher's school was shut down because of, you know, because of, because of it spreading around the, the school. No one died from the, at the school. None of the teachers did. None of the students did. None of them were, well, I say none were hospitalized. The football coach and his wife were hospitalized, but, um, but they made it. And, you know, it's, it's, and it's, I don't think it's the restaurants, man. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But anyway, I'll get off my, my soapbox about that. 2021, I think is the year of the recovery. Um, and I'm, I'm hopeful, man. I'm really positive about what 2021 is going to bring from markets, <clears throat> from, you know, economies, and then people just getting out of COVID prison and back to normal life. Agreed. Hey, uh, Merry Christmas to you, to your family. Merry Christmas, brother. Merry Christmas to everybody out there in the audience. Thank you for uh, making us a part of your week, your day that, that uh, we've seen that you have. So we really appreciate it. We're flattered and, um, we wish you the very happiest of holiday seasons. We'll be back one more time before the end of 2020, and we'll, uh, we'll get that information to you when we know specifically when it is. So until then, for Martin Palomo, I'm Neil McCready. That does it for this episode of Mind on My Money, presented by Pinnacle Trust. Don't forget, go to pintrust.com, P-I-N-N trust.com. Tell them you heard about Pinnacle Trust on the podcast. You get 10% off your first year's fees. Until next time, Merry Christmas. Take care.